Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Chavbez, Daf 22 of Masechta, or is that 21? Let's do that over. <clears throat> hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Chafalaf, Daf 21 of Masechta Beitza. Um, for a lot of the Daf, we kind of discuss um, cooking, uh, like if it also involves um or preparing food if it also involves like um gentiles right so if it's like partially uh yours but also partially partially gentilic so then uh how does that affect the ability to um uh, prepare food on yomte and then uh we also get to suga of can you prepare food for an animal uh what do you guys think and then at the end we get to um Preparing some like hot water for bathing on Yom Tif. So these are the sugyas of today's daf. Uh, let's uh, jump in. Okay, so we are on daf Chofal Moral, about five lines into the page. Baumina Rav Abiyosava me Ravuna. Oh, so Rav Abiyosava he taka asked Ravuna. Beim chetzes shonochu bechetzes shoyisrol. If you have an animal. You know, half owned by a Gentile and half owned by a Yid. Can you kill it and eat it? Well, slaughter it. Can you slaughter it on uh, Yom Tif? Because after all, half of the animal belongs to a Gentile. So, Omele, Mutter. So, um, Ravuna says, Mutter. Omele, to which Ravav Yosava responds, Shema ben Zel in why should this be any different than Nidarim and Nidavis? Because after all, if you have a nether, at least like a Shlomim, so part of it goes to you, part of it goes to the Ebishter. And therefore, if we're allowed to, um, or if we're saying that you're not allowed to slaughter Nidarim and Nidavis on Yom Tif, so, and that's a situation where it's partially yours and partially someone else's, so then, um, right, and over there it's Taka God's, right? So why should you be allowed to slaughter an animal that's partially yours and partially a Gentile's, while at the same time you're not allowed to slaughter an animal that's partially yours and partially God's. So, Omele, so, what do you think Rufuna answers? He says, quick, look over there. Urvaparach, he says, oh look, a raven flew by. Completely uh, ignoring the uh, question and changing the topic entirely in a dismissive sort of manner, by claiming that there is a raven flowing by, and that we should cease this discussion in order to notice um, the raven. So when Ravav Yosova left Ravuna after this interesting interaction, so Rabbi Bre de Ravuna asks his father Ravuna, Lav Hanu Ravav Yosova, Le, Mar Begavid so Rabbi Bar Rufuna says to his father Rufuna, what in the world just happened? Rabbi Yosava, who you yourself praise as being a great person, just asked you a halacha question and you completely ignored him and instead dismissed the question by saying, look, there's a raven. What? Can, like, what's going on over here? So, Omerle, so Rufuna responds to Rabbi Bar Rufuna, what should I have done? 
He says, look, today's Yom Tif. I just gave a shear. I'm tired. At this point, I just want to eat epis. Give me, uh, what was it, like some kind of delicacies. Feed me apples. And he's asking me difficult questions. Right? He asks me about, uh, can you offer an animal that's 50% yours, 50% gentilic? Let's assume that's a word for now. And I said, you're allowed to use it. He says, why is it different than a dharma and a dove? He asked me difficult kashas. I already gave a difficult cheer today. I just want to eat apples. All right, that sounds nice. I also just want to eat apples. Lemaisa, I ate an apple this morning. All right, sounds very good. My, so the time of my, so Gemari says, well, okay, very nice. Everyone's eating apples. Okay, good for them. Lemaisa, what's the aloha? That's what we over here at Babylon Talmud came to know. At the end of the day, what's the How come when uh, it comes to an animal that's partially owned by a Yid, partially owned by a Gentile, how come you're allowed to slaughter it on Yom Tif? So, So, here's the deal. You're allowed to slaughter an animal that's 50% Yid owned, 50% Gentile owned, because um, at the end of the day, if you want to eat this meat, well, you got to slaughter it. So, I guess, you know, if you got to slaughter the meat, even if it's 50% Gentile owned, 50% of it is owned by you, you want to eat meat on Yom Tif, so you got to slaughter it. What do you want me to tell you? But the reason why you're not allowed to offer Nadarim and Nadavis on Yom Tiv is because at the end of the day, Nadarim and Nadavis don't belong to you. They belong to God. He says, right, the Kohanim, that when the Kohanim eat, and I think it's Rashi who says that it's not just the Kohanim, but Kidu, anybody who eats from a Kohen, from a Korban. They're actually eating from God's table. And therefore, it's it's not like a situation like when you have this animal that's 50% Yiddish-owned and 50% Gentilic. Um, because in that case, you at least own 50%. When it comes to a Corbin, the Abishter, he owns all of it. And whatever you're eating, you're just eating from God's table. Sounds very nice. So therefore, because it's entirely God's, that's why you're not allowed to offer Nadarim and Nadavas on Yom Tif. But an animal that you own at least 50%, so if you want to eat it, you have to slaughter it, and that's okay. Omer says Yisrael. If you have an animal that's 50% uh, Gentile owned, 50% Yid owned, you're allowed to slaughter it on Yom Tif. Okay. Because you can't eat because uh, I said meat if you didn't slaughter it. So if you want to eat it, you have to slaughter it. Isa, however, however, when it comes to uh, dough, that the dough is 50% Gentile owned, 50% Yid owned, you're not allowed to bake this dough into bread on Yom Tif. Because just cut it in half. Because when it so when it comes to push it an animal, you can't cut it in half. 
you can't cut a live animal in half. It doesn't work like that. So therefore, if you want to eat the animal, you immediately have to slaughter the whole thing. Now, when it comes to a dough, however, it's different. A dough, if it's 50% Gentile owned, you could just cut it in two. 50% is yours and bake that. So you would not be able to bake the entire thing. Mosiv of Chonobar Chaniloi. Rav Chonobar Chaniloi asked the following question. Isas Klovim is Mancharoin Ochlimimena. So if you have um, some kind of uh, um, dough for dogs, is Mancharoin Ochlimimena. If the shepherds, alright, also eat from it, Chayevez Bechala. So then you have to separate Chala. Um Arvinba. You can use it for an Eruvi Chatzeros, Mishtatvin Ba, and you can use it for Shitufei Mavos, Mavorchen Alea, you say Amotzi, Umazamin Alea, you make a Zimun on it, Vinef is Biyomtiv, and it can even be baked on Yomtiv. Vadim Yotzeboy Dechavos of Pesach, and you can use it for Matzah. Now, so we had said that this dough that's for dogs, that if the shepherds also eat from it, so then you can bake it on Yomtiv. Ve'amai. Why can you bake it on Yom Tif? Because after all, what Rav Chizda said is what Can't you just divide it in half and only cook the part that goes uh, that, that's for you? So meaning if you have this dough that's partially for the dogs and partially for you, so why are you allowed to bake the entire dough on Yom Tif? Take out the part, the percentage of it that's going to be for you and just bake that part. So and for the Gemara, Shiny Klovim So the Gemara answers that well it's different when it comes to dogs. How come? Because they don't need to eat the 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 this dough. Um dogs would probably prefer some some or other dead carcass. And therefore, since meaning since in the event that you have this dead carcass available, you could just give that to the dogs, and then you can eat the entire bread. So therefore, it's kind of like the bread is entirely yours, um, and, and that's why you can bake it on Yom Tif. So even though when it comes to a bread that's 50%, a dough that's 50% Jewish owned, 50% Gentile owned, uh, Rav Chizde says that you have to cut it in half and only bake the part that is uh, Jewish owned, that's for you. Um, when it comes to the dough of dogs that you that also you're going to be eating, so you could actually bake the entire thing because theoretically you can just give the dogs some nevela, they'd be happy, you know, at least just as happy, and then you can eat the entire dough. So therefore, if that's the case, since you know if there's if there will end up being some uh, uh, good uh, carcass available for the dogs, so then you'll get the entire bread. So then. Um, that's why you can bake the entire thing. But does Rav Chizda hold of the concept of Hoil? Meaning we just explained that Rav Chizda would say that when it comes to this dough of dogs, you would be able to bake the entire thing Hoil because since if there becomes, right, since if there would be um, um, a carcass available, you'd be able to give that to the dogs. So then we could treat it as though the entire dough belongs to you. But does Rav Chizda, is he a Hawil guy? Does he hold of this concept of Hawil? Of, well, since this can happen, therefore it's going to affect our outcome. Since if there's carcass available, we can give that to the dogs, therefore we can bake the entire dough. But, one second. Well, Itmar. 
But we learned in Mesechta Psachin. Ha'ofim yomtiv l'chol. If at the end of yomtiv, after you already ate your yomtiv suda, you then, um, you then bake. You then bake. And what are you baking for? For the weekday, Lemaise. Rav Chizdam and Loke. Rav Chizda says, you better run, because we're going to whip you. Rabba Omar. Eno Loke. Rabba says, ma pitom. We're not going to whip you. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. Don't worry. We're not going to whip you. Don't worry. Wink, wink. Anyways, maybe maybe they'll just whip him for fun. <laughs> but but there's no requirement to whip him. Uh, that's not nice. Who said? I take that back. I take that back. Forget I even said that. Okay. All right. So whipping is is not fun. Only whipping whip whip cream, whip cream. Meaning we we would say instead of making bread, just make whipped cream. For Oneg Yomtif and eat that instead. That, 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 that's what Rob is saying. We don't, we're not going to whip him. We're going to whip cream and give him Oneg Yomtif. <laughs> that, that, that's what Rabba says. Whipped cream. So, 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 <laughs> so Rabba Amainalokas. So Rabba says he's not going to get whipped. Instead, we're going to whip something else. Rav Chizda Amar Loke. So if Chizda says, no, we whip him, um, because lo amrinon hol mikale le orchim chazile hashtanami chazile. Because if Chizda says, we don't buy it. We don't buy it. This whole concept of, no, we're not going to whip him, because like maybe guests will come and they'll be able to eat the bread, even though he already ate his yomtiv suda, and now he's baking bread. What's he baking bread for? For, for the next day, for, for not a yomtiv, for not yomtiv. And, and, but yeah, but what if guests come? Maybe if guests come, he's going to want to put out the bread. He says, we don't buy it. We don't, we don't let him bake bread based on the fact that maybe, um, uh, guests will come. Rabba Omar. Whereas Rabba says, Eno loke. We don't whip him. Amrinon, hoil. Because we say hoil. We say that, well, since theoretically guests could come over and then he would be able to give them the bread so he's yeah he's not there's nothing really so bad with what he's doing with baking all this bread right now so what do we see so we see that Raba says hoil Rav Chizda doesn't say hoil so how come over here when it comes to, to the dough of the dogs when Rav Chizda's opinion is that if you have dough partially owned by Yidin partially owned by Gentiles so uh you would have to just break away the part that would be for the Yidin and, and bake that, and yet when it comes to the dog, to, to the dough that is partially for dogs and partially for the Jewish shepherds, we say you could bake the whole thing. We wanted to say, well, since Hoel sins, if um, some good old, some good Gishmaki carcass comes around, you'd be able to give that to the dogs. So therefore, and then you would be able to have the entire dough, so that's why you could bake the whole thing. But we see that Rav Chizah doesn't hold of Hoel. So what do we do? So, Ela Lotem Ahoel Ve'efshir. Ella kegon de isle nevela devade efshe lefaisim de nevela. No, what, what, what it's, it's not saying, um, that since theoretically, no, what he's saying is that it's talking about where there actually is some carcass available. And therefore, this dough that we were, um, preserving for, for, um, for the dogs and for the, um, and for the shepherds, um, you can assume are going to be entirely for the shepherds because you'll just be able to give the carcass to the dogs. Bo mine me Ravuna. Snade asakasha from Ravuna. Hani bne baiga. Duramualayu kimchodivne chelo. Hmm. So what if you have these people and they live uh, in the border 
the border areas and it kind of what they part of their responsibility is that they need to feed the soldiers who are protecting the border areas. The people who live in this um, these 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 um, uh, villages. Oh, maybe they're not Davka border villages actually, but they live in these villages and and they need to um, feed the soldiers that are deployed to these areas. Okay, so can you um, bake for these fellows on uh, on Yom Tov? So Funi says to them, look, Chazina, let's see. If you would be able to give some of the bread to like your own children and they wouldn't bother them. Well, then you can assume that each bread, theoretically, you can give to a child and therefore uh, it's permitted. The ilav oser. But if you'd be unable to give it to a child, Meaning, if you try to give it to the child and the soldiers would get upset, well then, uh, you're basically just baking on Yom Tif for the Gentiles, in which case you would be unable to um, bake the bread on Yom Tif. But one second, wait up, wait up, one second. There was a story with Shimon Atimni. They didn't come to the Beis HaMedrish on Yom Tif night. Ooh, wah. Who could tell me where we recently heard, uh, read about Rabbi ben Bava? Who could tell me? Anyum Kippur. Nasari Aruge Malchus. It says that when you, when Rabbi ben Bava was killed, he was the last of the Asari Aruge Malchus to be killed. So Rabbi ben Bava. So when, so, so when, um, when 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 Shimon Atimni didn't show up to the Beis Hamedrash on Yom Tiv night, so Rabbi Ben Bava he said to him, How come you didn't come to the Beis Hamedrash? I bet we've all been there before, right? Where were you? Why weren't you at Minion? Why didn't you go? Where were you? I didn't. See, why didn't you come to Shul? Ooh, then you got to come up with some story. All right. So let's see. So what was the story that he came up with? Amrlo, so Shimon Atimni says, "Well, you won't believe it." Baleshes Baali Reinu Vikshal Achtofes Kola Ir. Well, some soldiers came to the city and they wanted to just—they were going to go r- rummaging until they got what they wanted, until they got some some food. So we slaughtered for them a calf and we gave them something to eat. Muftanim l'shalom, and then we sent them on their way. So basically, what do we see? So we see that on Yom Tif, the the um, these people Shimon Atimni and whoever else was involved was slaughtering a calf to prepare for these soldiers. On Yom Tif, So Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava responds to Shimon Atimni. Now, friends, Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava it says in the Gemara in Sanhedrin and the Firal Miral, I think uh, Yigimel Yigimel I think. I think. So, so, so it says about Rebutah ben Bava that he gave smicha to, he, they, when they killed him, they killed him because he was giving smicha to, I think, Reb Meir, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Yehuda, um, Rabbi Shimon, and then I think maybe Rabbi Nechemi was there also, maybe Rabbi Lazar. I think there were some uh, questions about who the fifth one was. 
um, or maybe even six. I don't remember quite right now, but that's where Rudy Ben Bava. Rudy Ben Bava, he was around that time period, sort of around the time of, uh, of, uh, probably around Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Meir, right? That, that, that Kufa. So, anyways, this is what's going on. So he says to Shimon Atimni, Omarlo, Tamo Ani, I'm uncertain, Im Loyotos, or I would be surprised, Im Loyotos, if whatever you may have gained by feeding these soldiers, so to prevent them from causing any kind of economic damage to the uh, city, you know, but because uh, I mean, they were just going to come rummaging through the city until they got food. So you basically stop that uh, that uh, avalanche or whatever you want to call it by feeding them. Whatever you gained by slaughtering a calf and feeding these fellows, uh, you may have, uh, you know, whatever you gained uh, may pale in comparison to, to what you have lost as well. Because the Pasuk says, Lochem, that um, you're allowed to 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 prepare food for yourself, but not for Gentiles. Ve'amai, one second. But what's what's Rebbeinu Ben Bava getting excited about? But they could have eaten from it themselves. After all, it was their own calves. They could have also chopped their own shtickle. So Amru of Yosef Egel Trefa voice. So if Yosef says, well. They fed the Gentiles a trefa a calf because they couldn't eat it, so they figured we may as well give it to the Gentiles. But okay, even so. But but uh, a a a calf that is a trefa you could still feed to the dogs, like we learned recently. So if you could feed them to the to, to, to the dogs, so then what was the problem with preparing this calf for the Gentiles? After all, they could also fed it to their dogs. Tanoihi. So you say, well, not so fast. It's actually a shaila if you could feed, um, if you could feed a trefa, well, if you could feed your dogs on yomtiv. The Tanya, as we learn in the Brisa, that only that which will be, you know, is, is food, anything that will be eaten, the whole nefesh, for any nefesh, you, right, you can prepare that. So from the fact that it says for all nefeshes, so I might even think that I can even prepare food for an animal on Yom Tif. As the Apostle says, if a person smites the nefesh of a behemoth, so he's got to pay for it. So I might think that when it says, it even includes animals. I can even prepare food on Yom Tif for an animal. Therefore, the pasuk says, "Lochem, lochem v'lo leklavim." It says to you, right? What does it say? It has to be for you, for you, and not for your dogs. That's Rabbi Yosei opinion. So we see, according to Rabbi Yosei you're not allowed to feed your dogs or prepare food, at least for your dogs. On Yom Tif, Rabbi Akiva Omer. Whereas Rabbi Kiva argues, you can even prepare food for a dog on Yom Tif. So what does he do with Lochem? What's excluded from to you? Well, to exclude Gentiles. You're not allowed to prepare food for Gentiles, but you are allowed to prepare food for your um, dogs. Okay? Rabbi Kiva, how come you say that you are allowed to 
prepare food for dogs, but you're not allowed to prepare food for Gentiles. I'll include dogs because you have an obligation to feed your animals. And therefore, since you have an obligation to feed your animals, you're also allowed to prepare for your, you know, to cook for them, to prepare food for them on Yom Tov. But I, I will not include uh, Gentiles because I don't have an obligation to feed the Gentiles. And therefore, um, therefore, says Rabbi Akiva, I, I will say that you are allowed to prepare food for dogs, but you're not allowed to prepare food for Gentiles. So therefore, now going back to Abidu ben Bava, that he said to Shimon Atimni, how come you um, prepared this food for these soldiers? Because, and then we said, well, I mean, they could have eaten from it. And we said, well, it was a trefa. Well, trefa can go to dogs. But from the fact that still that wouldn't be acceptable, so that would be like, Rabbi Yosei Aglidio says, well, you're not allowed to feed your dogs on Yom Tif. Bikiva, though, however, I guess would say that, um, you know, if these calves were trefas and you could feed them to your dogs, so mamele, temistoma, you'd be able to, to prepare them for the Gentiles. Oichit, as well. Omele Abayadu of Yosef. Now, Abai says to Yosef, So according to Yosef Aglili, who says that you're allowed to prepare food for yourself, you're not allowed to prepare food for your dogs. So these, um, uh, like, uh, date pits that we feed to animals, how can we throw them to, uh, to them on Yom Tif? Which is a funny kind of like, um, what's it called? infinite loop kind of thing. Because on the one end we're saying that according to Yosi Aglili, you're not allowed to feed your dogs. Yet on the other end we're talking about um, date pits that you're feeding to your animals. But I thought we'd just say you're not allowed to feed your animals. So I saw that there's like, I don't know, maybe you're not allowed to cook for your animals, but if this was like a re- just date pits, I guess maybe maybe that. Theoretically, in theory, as long as you're not cooking it, you, you know, you can just give them to the to the to the animals. But if that but still if we're saying that you're not allowed to take care of if feed your animals, then wouldn't they be muksa? It's like a funny question, kind of how to understand. Because like, on one end we're saying you're not allowed to feed your animals, and therefore they're muksa, so then how can you feed your animals? But I thought you're not allowed to feed your animals. I don't know, it seems like a weird question. But, okay, Abai seems to be asking a weird question, which is, these date pits, which seem to be muksa, because according to Biosi Lili, you're not allowed to prepare food for animals. Well then, how can we feed them to animals since they're muksa? Alright. So if Yosef answers, Hol v'chazu lehesik. Well, they're not quite muksa because the chazula asaka because well you can always burn the date pits as like as fuel for your fire. So that answers in a situation where the pits are dry. What if they're moist? Then how would you be able to um, explain why you can use these moist um, um, pits? Aren't they muksa? No, they're not muksa because you can even use, um, um, uh, you could still use moist pits for like a big fire. Although I guess you can kind of explain it like that. I don't know, maybe like if you want to say that according to Biosia Glili, so you're not allowed to like prepare foods. You wouldn't be able to like slaughter a trefa for, for your animal. But if you just have like some pits, you'd be able to, to, to feed them to the, your animal. That would be okay as long as you're not like, you know, preparing food. Now, but at the same time, if the only thing that they're good for is animal foods, then maybe that would be a problem. But if you have like these pits that are dry and you can just use them as a fuel, or even if they're moist, you can use them as fuel for like a big fire, so you already can use them for something else, so then it's not such a big deal to just throw them in front of your animal. Maybe you can kind of say like that. 
So tenach be yomtiv. Okay, so this explains why you can feed these pits on yomtiv, right? Because uh, you can use them for a fuel, small fires, big fires, moist, not moist. B'Shabbos make a But what about on Shabbos where you're not allowed to make fires? So then how come you're allowed to feed these date pits to your animal? So metatlinon lehu agav rifta. So the so Rav Yosef answers, well, you can carry it uh, by putting it on some bread, right? If it's on some bread, you can mimele carry the bread, so then, so then, um, so then you'd be able to carry these pits as well for the animal food. Like Shmuel says, a person could do whatever he wants with bread, even um, you know, trans, tra- uh, transport some uh, pits to give to some animals. Sounds very nice. So when Rav Huna said earlier that these Bnei Baiga, that these people who live in these villages where they have to uh, feed the soldiers, so we say that Rav Huna said, you're allowed, as long as you know you can give uh, some of this bread to a child and they won't have a problem with that, so then you'd be able to uh, feed these soldiers. So that argues in Rav Yeshua ben Levi. You're allowed to um, uh, invite over Gentiles on Shabbos, no problem. But you're not allowed to uh, invite over a Gentile on, on Yom Tiv. Out of concern that you might end up um, um, cooking more food specifically for the um, Gentile. So we see that according to Yeshua and Levi, you shouldn't really be eating with Gentiles on Yom Tif at all. And therefore, you know, even in the situation where, you know, some of the bread you'd be able to give to a child, but um, says Rabbi Shimon Levi, you still wouldn't be able to, to, to be um, feasting with the Gentiles on Yom Tif anyways. Now says actually, you even shouldn't be feasting with the Gentiles on Shabbos either. How come? Because, well, if we pour for them wine and they dip their bread into the wine, and then there's some of this like used, uh, uh, like wine bready residue leftover stuff that nobody's going to want to use for anything. Well, it's going to be, um, you know, uh, uh, wine of the Gentiles, which is, you know, stamyenum or I don't know if that's stamyenum, but yenesech, whatever it's going to be, you're not going to be able to drink that wine. So it's going to be muktzah. And therefore, uh, you wouldn't even be able to host a Gentile on Shabbos because you have to be concerned about the leftover wine in their cup with the bread mixed in it that's going to be basically muksa because it's, uh, you know, Gentile wine. If that's the case, well then, our wine should also be a problem because what are you going to do with our leftover bready leftover wine? Well, ours you can give to chickens. Alright, that sounds nice. Why can't you give their leftover wine, bready stuff to chickens? Well, did you Isuria no Well, because their leftover winey, bready stuff is also bano. Because if it's uh, I don't know, do we call it yenesech or stam yenom or what? What do we? Does Rashi say anything? I don't know. Doesn't say anything. What do you want me to tell you? But um, all right, uh, this uh, wine that they drank that uh, is going to be also bano. So therefore. We're actually not allowed to feed it to the chickens. But nonetheless, um, if, uh, but it's going to be in a cup and you can move the cup. So, so, 
Because after all, didn't Rava say that you're allowed to move? I think this is what would be called a sensor, I think. Something that you put like, I don't know, coals and ashes and stuff. I don't know, some kind of coal ashy thing that has ash in it that you that were already prepared before um, Shabbos. So that would be, okay, you can move it. Even though there's broken pieces of wood there that are muksa. So you can nonetheless move this um, sensor ashy thing. So... So shouldn't we say the same thing over here that even though in the cup there's some muksa wine but shouldn't we still be able to move the cup anyways because you're allowed to move the cup itself? Yeah, but the ash wood combo is not also by no. Here we're talking about um, in Easter I know something that you're not allowed to get any benefit from. Um, and therefore um, so you're not allowed to move it at all because it's also by no and uh, you can't move it at all. So by the censor thing, it's not Isuria no, but here by the wine, it's Isuria no. Omele Ravach Midifti to Ravino. Says Ravach Midifti to Ravino. But Eviki Grafshal Ray? Why shouldn't it be like Grafshal Ray? Who remembers what a Grafshal Ray is? Grafshal Ray is a bedpan, right? Uh, you're allowed to take out a bedpan on uh, Shabbos, right? Because it's uh, disgusting, right? Kind of like you're allowed to take out. Uh, uh, garbage and, and things like that for the same reason. So shouldn't we just say that this uh, wine, this leftover wine is like a graf shorei and therefore you'd be allowed to move it out? Omerle, so Ravina says, but do we make, you know, uh, intentionally a graf shorei, a bedpan situation? No, if there is, so we can remove it, but we're not going to say invite over uh, um, Gentiles who are and serve them wine so that then we have graf uh, in a cup. I mean, that's not very nice. But we do make other kind of graf intentionally on Shabbos. I mean, we throw, you know, we have sudis, even though we know this is going to be garbage that we're going to be able to take out because it's graf I don't know, it's an interesting question. I might say. Alright. So, Rava says to Marshmuel, You're allowed to uh, uh, invite over a Gentile on Shabbos, but we don't invite over a Gentile on uh, Yom Tif. Because we're concerned that maybe you're going to end up making additional food for him, and um, you know, and you can't make additional food specifically for a Gentile on Yom Tif. It has to be for for a Yid. Mireimar Marzutra, so Mireimar and Marzutra Kava Mikla Luhu Nachu Bi Yom Tif. So in the event that there was a Gentile who wanted to come over and have a Suda with them on Yom Tif. Amrulay, they would say to this fellow, Look, if you're going to be happy with whatever we just prepared for ourselves, But we have to make it clear that, you know, if it's not going to be enough to just share with us what we prepared for ourselves, we're going to be unable to prepare extra um, food for you. So, you know, if that's cool with you, then we'd love to have you. But um, just know that we can't um, add any more water to the soup for you. Givaldig. And now we get to another Mishnah. Beshami Ovim. Oh, say Beshami. Lo yochim odum chaman l'raglav. A fellow should not heat up hot water for his feet on Yom Tiv. Elam ken ru'in unless you could drink them. Okay, says Beshami. Look, we don't want you heating up water specifically for your feet. Water that isn't drinking water. Because if it's drinking water, then maybe you could use it for tea. And if you want to use it for your feet, okay, do what you want. 
but uh, don't specifically heat up non-drinkable water for um, your feet. Basil say it's fine. A fellow can make a big bonfire on Yom Tif and heat himself up. Now, they want to know, Who says that you're allowed to make this bonfire? Meaning, do we say, Because after all, our mission doesn't say who says it. The first part of the mission says, Beishame says, you can only heat up drinking water. Beishele says you can drink, heat up any water. Then we just say, Stam. A fellow can make a big bonfire and heat, and heat himself up next to it. So now, does that mean that Beishame agrees as well? Do we say, That it's according to everybody. And the reason why Beishame says that the bonfire is okay while heating up water for, for your feet is not okay because if it's for your entire body, like a bonfire, then it's acceptable. But if it's just for your feet, so then that doesn't work. Oh, Dilmor, maybe Basila Katanila. Maybe the Seifa, maybe the thing about the Medura is only Basila. Ava Bishami lo Shanilu. But Beishame would say, no, it's a low plug. We don't make any distinctions, whether it's your whole body, whether it's your feet. You can't, you can't be um, doing things specifically, um, you know, to be heating up water, you know, water or, or, or to making a bonfire just for, 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 for yourself. So Tashma, So we talk, I found the Bryce that says that when it comes to making a bonfire, Beishame says you're not allowed to just make a bonfire to heat up next to it, whereas Beishele says that you can. So it's settled. Friends, that was the Avchof Aleph of Masech the Beitza. Um, yeah, it was an uh, interesting daf. So we saw the opinions when it comes to when you have items that are jointly owned by a Yid and a Gentile on Yom Tif, uh, and Rav Chizda, both agree that um, when it comes to if you have an animal that's partially owned by a yid and partially owned by a gentile, you would be able to slaughter it. However, when it comes to bread, um, it says of Chizda that bread, since you can just divide it in half, so you would just divide it in half and only bake the part that is um, fit for you. We then ask a question about, well, we, we have this brisa that says, that when you have this uh, dough for dogs, that also the, you know, shepherds, I guess we're talking about, you know, sheep dogs or whatever, that the shepherds are also going to partake from. So we say we could bake the entire dough. Shouldn't we just bake the part that is for the uh, shepherds? So ultimately, we say that, well, it's because there's other carcass to give to the dogs. So maybe you can give them that and, and the shepherds could take the whole thing. Along the way, though, we got into this machlokas um, that we've seen from Psachim um, between Rabba and Rav Chizda about uh, ho'il. Do we say this concept of since the source of this machlokas is with regard to if it's Yom Tev afternoon and you already ate your Yom Tev Suda and now you want to make bread and the thing is Pashtas is you're not you're making them for the rest of the week. You're not making them for Yom Tev. You already ate your Yom Tev Suda. But theoretically, since people can come and then you can have a you know a whole meal and give it to them, so maybe I should be able to bake it now. So Rav Chizda says no, we don't say that and therefore we whip you. And Rabbi says, no, we're not going to whip you. We will say ho'il. But if it says that we don't say ho'il. Very interesting. Then we saw Machlokas between Ravuna and um, um, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi about um, if you can, um, you know, um, uh, bake on Yom Tif for yourself, but also for non-Jews. And the example was, if you had um, a place that had to bake, their responsibility was to bake and to feed the um, soldiers that were uh, sort of deployed to the area. So Funa says, no problem, as long as you can feed it to a baby, i.e. you could eat it for yourselves, you can also share it with the 
uh, non-Jews. There, there's no problem with that. Whereas if Shuban Levi says no, that um, since you know you might end up baking more for the non-Jews, um, you you wouldn't be able to um, um, make uh, to to be able to, to to have a meal with the Gentiles on um, Yom Tif. We then saw also along the way an interesting machlokus between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi Aglili about can you feed your animals on Yom Tif. Rabbi Yossi Aglili says no, lachem klov, whereas um, um, Rabbi Akiva says that no, you can even feed your dogs. What lachem comes to exclude is uh, Gentiles. Okay, very nice. Then we got to machlokus and another Mishnah about uh, heating up water to kind of uh, bathe in. So Beishama says, look, it has to be drinking water. Uh, you can use that. Whereas Basila says that you would be able to even use non-drinking water. Then we had a question when it comes to a bonfire. Beishama says you would not be able to make a bonfire to heat up next to it on Yom Tif. And Basila says you would be. Friends, that was Daf Chafalaf. I hope you enjoyed. Peace out.